I'm inviting you into this A Gabrielle exclusive. Keep the conversation going by following A.Gabrielle exclusives on Instagram. Hello, and welcome to an episode of A Gabrielle exclusives. We're calling Things I Wish I Knew Before Motherhood, Part One. I am joined today by five magnificent moms who will guide our conversation. I'm going to pass the mic and allow them to introduce themselves along with their take on the statement, if I had another hour in the day, I would. So let's hear from guest number one. Hi, my name is Randy Jones, and I have two kiddos. Um, My son, Jaden, is 13. He'll be 14 in a couple of weeks. Pray for me. Um, And then I have a daughter, Kaylin. She is 11. Um, Gee, I mean, if I had another hour in the day, I would probably hide in my room and ignore the children. (laughs) I see some relatable head nods on here. (laughs) Relax, hide away. It's my hour. Thanks, Randy. Guest number two. Hi, my name is Bianca Rodriguez. So I have a one-year-old noir, and then I also have another one on the way. So if I had an hour, another hour in the day, I would definitely say um, nap time. Thank you. Guest number three. Hi, my name is Rose, and I have a not even a month-year-old. He's three weeks old, and his name's Ivan. And if I had another hour, I would sleep. I like, (laughs) I just wish I could sleep in peace without having to think about a baby in my head 24-7. But that's me. All right. Guest number four. My name is Renee Gibson, and I have a 15-year-old son and a 12-year-old daughter. And if I had another hour in the day... Um, I would do lots of things, but if it were only restricted to one hour, I think I would read. I really miss reading. Um, I don't get a chance to be alone to just read. And when I do, I, I fall asleep. So I'd like that, that time to read. Awesome. Thanks, Renee. You're and welcome. last but not least, guest number five. Hello, I am Shamara Henderson. Um, my daughter is two, going on 32. And uh, if I had another hour in the day, I would probably lock myself in the room so I can enjoy my snacks by myself. So I'm tired of sharing my snacks. All right. Well, you all have met our guest today on the show. I have no doubt that this is going to be a very interesting conversation. And so keeping in theme with this season, I've asked each of the guests to prepare a list of five things that they wish they would have known before becoming a mom. So we'll just jump into the conversation and I'll pass the mic back to guest number one. Yeah, so um, my list is probably a little different. Um, my, my kid is a little older, but I also had my kids at a very, very young age. And so I had my first kid at the ripe age of 19. So I've been a mother a very, very long time. Um, and so the very first thing on my list was, um, I just wish I would have known the importance of making time for myself. Um, when you're that young, and you're trying to figure it out. Everything is about just trying to make family life work. Um, and usually it's at the sacrifice of your health, your personal time, your sanity, all of that. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing was just don't try to compensate um, for all the gaps from my childhood or just correct all the mistakes that my parents made. Like, 
Um, my parents were imperfect people, um, which means that I'm going to be an imperfect mother also, and just give yourself grace, but also just understanding my parents a little bit better. Like the more you grew up, the more you're like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> my mother was actually a hero and a saint, and we all are just doing the best that we can with what we've been given. Um, the third one is don't fall into motherhood comparison. Um, look, when you have a kid at 19 and you are doing play dates with people who are like well established in their 30s and 35s, like you, you start to compare yourself like, oh man, do I take enough pictures? And you know, it's, it's my kiddos clothes cute enough. And so it's just, hey, you know what? God has given each and every mother everything they need to do to be successful. And just look, this is the best I got today. Yeah, there's stains on their shirts, but it is okay. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> They're happy. It, it's all right. Um, number four is to cherish my husband. Um, I think I spent a lot of years putting the kids first and it was detrimental to our marriage, but just realizing that they're gonna be okay and they're gonna be gone soon. And so like, my husband is my best friend. I need to love him and make him feel special and lock them out the room sometimes and tell them to figure it out on their own and they will be okay. Um, because when they're gone, they're gone. And I still have to live here with this man who hopefully I still adore and love to spend time with. Um, and then my last one is spend time, money, money, and energy on the important things. Like, gosh, like I remember doing these super crazy elaborate birthday parties when my kids were so young that would take me like weeks and hundreds of dollars and then they would cry or sleep through the party. And I'm like, gosh, like <laughs> they're going to have more birthdays. Um, but it's, it's not okay for me to be exhausted or us to be broke because I want this memory to be so special for them and they don't even care. Like they, they don't even care. Like I remember getting my son a bike one year and we like went to like five different stores looking for this bike because he had saw it one day. He was like, oh, I want that bike. And then he got, and he was like, oh, I really would have wanted like a blue one. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Spend time on the important things. Everything else will be okay. Awesome. Thank you, Randy, for that. I definitely um, hear what you're saying about birthdays. I think that I only remember my first few birthdays because I've seen <laughs> pictures of them so many times that I've kind of like embedded it in my brain. Right. I mean, like when I tell you we had the most elaborate birthday parties and I don't even know if I have pictures of all the decor because I was just exhausted on like some of those birthday <laughs> days. And finally, I was like, you know what? we might not celebrate your birthday on your birthday, you know, two friends and some cake and we'll go to the movies or the mall. But look, as long as you're happy and having fun, we're, we're not doing this anymore. So maybe, maybe on 16 though, don't quote me. We'll, we'll see 16 and 18. How we go. We'll stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. All right. We'll switch over to Rosa now and hear her list um, from the very new mom perspective. Oh yeah. Mine's a lot different. Randy, thank you for saying about birthday parties. I'm already planning my kid's birthday party, so I'm glad you said that. I'm just going to chill out with the planning. For yes, me. take it easy, girl. Don't don't wear yourself out. Yeah, because I'm like, I was already planning Toy Story and Cricut stuff to make, but I'll, I'll, I'll chill out with that. But mine is very different. Mine just, I've been a mom for three weeks now, so it's still the new perspective of my number one was I started off with the good stuff, when actually it's been hard. <laughs> Being a mom is hard. I thought it was going to be easy, and I've always said, like, oh, and he's going to sleep and eat, and that's it. No, he eats and cries, and then eats again, and then cries, and then has a hard time sleeping, and colic is the worst thing in the world. My number one was, there's so many dishes and laundry. I never thought that I'd wash 
bottles so often. Like, I wash bottles and do his laundry by hand because it's not even worth turning on the washing machine anymore. And that was number one. Breastfeeding is hard. No one ever tells you breastfeeding is hard. People, it, they just make it look like they just put them on there. And no, my nipples were so sore and they hurt. And every time he ate, like every time he wants to eat, it gives me anxiety because that, that's how much it hurts. Like I'm like, oh, you want to eat again? So nobody ever tells you that about breastfeeding. My expectations versus reality. I was such a mom that I was like, oh, I did all this research. My baby's probably going to have a pacifier. Nope. On day two, I was like, pacifier going in. I always said I wasn't going to co-sleep. He's right here in bed with me all the time. So even though he has a fancy little nursery going on because I'm in a step, you know, I have my job and he has everything he should need. But no, he just needed a bed and to be right next to me. And so that's my two. Um, you're always worried. I never thought I'd be so worried about this little human being, but I'm constantly checking if he's breathing or checking if he's okay. And it's kind of like constant worry. Um, then right, like Randy said, no time for my husband. I kind of just wish laying down and like, I, I miss those days where we just lay down and watch Netflix. Like now we have a little baby that will interrupt our Netflix while we're watching it. And lastly, friends, like even during pregnancy, it was hard because a lot of my friends aren't pregnant and they don't have kids. So a lot of them were like, let's go party. Let's have a margarita. And even during my pregnancy, I was like, well, I can't do that. And I'm 25. So I would think that this was the right time, but I was still like, oh, none of my friends have kids, so now I don't relate. But I love it. I love being a mom so far. Week three. So I don't know how that, hopefully it keeps going well. But that's it for me. So Rosa, as like a follow-up question, have you, I know you're a super new mom, have you found any time to, I guess, kind of do some self-care or, you know, send the baby with his dad or anything? It's hard because... Like, it's the dad, I have an amazing husband who's there to support me. But it's hard because the baby constantly wants me because I'm the one with the breast and the milk. And, you know, he can only help me so much till when he wants mom, he wants mom. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Well, hopefully towards the end of our call, our people who've been a mom for a little bit longer can offer you some encouragement and insight. But thank you for sharing. We'll switch over to Renee now. Hi. Okay. So what I would have known, I wish I would have known, um, one is that you don't have all the answers and that um, the hard things are going to end. It felt like anytime something came up that was difficult, it was going to be forever before it ended. It's like, oh my gosh, he's never going to sleep. Oh my gosh, he's never going to be potty trained. Oh my gosh, he's never going to eat real food. I mean, like it was constant, like that was the, con especially with the first one, you know, it was like things took forever, but it will end and you will come out on the other side. So I wish I would have kind of given myself some grace there. Um, I wish I would have known that my relationship with my partner, my husband would have changed dramatically. Um, and Part of that is because I think he changed dramatically. He became all of a sudden the most responsible person on the face of the planet. And I was like, what happened to the fun guy who like did stuff? And like now everything is like, I got to take care of y'all. And I'm like, I appreciate all of that. However, I would like for you to live life a little bit, you know, and stop being so like, he's like the helicopter parent of the two of us. And so um, I was not expecting that change in him. And like I said, it's a great change, but it just wasn't something that I was used to. And so I had to really 
learn that learn him all over again in some respect. Um, I wish that I had uh, known that um, I would have felt guilty about a lot of things, but um, I wish I would have given myself a little bit more grace. And that's still something that I work on, you know, constantly, because I think with kids, you constantly have to remind yourself that, you know, just because you make a mistake or you don't do something right, you know, it's not, there's no manual for this. And so I, I kind of wish I would have done that a little bit sooner in my, in, when I became a mom. Um, I also um, didn't realize that I needed girlfriends um, and I didn't have to do it by myself. A lot of things, I wanted to be a super mom. I wanted to do it all by myself. And, you know, like, I got this, I don't need any help. We don't have family here. And so um, my parents and family lived in Louisiana. And so it was hard to like, you know, they couldn't just come up anytime we needed help. And so I really had to rely on people. And so that was something that I had never had to do before. And so, you know, I needed my friends. I needed them to tell me like, that's normal. It's okay, like, you're fine. And it's funny you mentioned the, the breastfeeding thing because that's like my number five. I wish I would have knew that breastfeeding and doing everything by the book is like, it's false. It's a fallacy. Like none of that crap matters. Like who cares? Like, you know, society places all these burdens on us and they're like, oh, you know, you have to breastfeed. You have to, uh, breastfeeding was the worst experience of my motherhood career or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know what to call it. It was awful. But when you were talking about it, I was cringing on the inside because I know what it felt like. Like those little gums, they don't have teeth, but man, those little, it just makes me like cringe thinking about it. And so I felt like I needed to be perfect, you know, and in all areas of motherhood. And that was just, I, I was really setting myself up for failure. And it just kind of just sent me into a spiral. I mean, I had postpartum depression and you know it was seven months before I got diagnosed and so I just wish someone had told me that the feelings that I was feeling were normal and that it was okay to be upset it was okay to like be mad that you won't sleep like I want you I want you to stop crying so you know all those things so you know my list could go on and on but that's my five so Renee, follow-up question. You talked a little bit about you had to realize that you need to depend on other people and you had to have your girlfriends. So I'm wondering if the friends that you leaned on, if they really were like other moms or if they were people with or without kids or kind of like if you made a distinction about who you could come to for certain things. Well, I was fortunate that I had several friends who were pregnant around the same time and we all had our kids around the same time. And I also, you know, worked an unconventional job. Um, I lived on campus and uh, I was a hall director at the time. And so it was uh, three of us that were pregnant and had babies. One had a baby in February and two of us had babies in March. And so it, um, I didn't take my baby out until like, I don't know, he went to his first doctor's appointment and then it was like 12 weeks before the child saw the light of day because I was so afraid to take him for a walk or just anything. And so one of the other new moms came over and she said, where's your stroller? And I was like, it's in the car. And she was like, we're gonna go get it. And I was like, I don't know how to do it. And she said, okay, we're gonna figure it out. And then she made me put the baby in the seat, in the car, in the, the stroller, and we went for a walk. And it was just, you know, I had to trust somebody. And I think I was just so afraid that like, I'm supposed to keep him in and he's gotta be wrapped up. He's gonna get the germs. And so, I, it was really relying on other people. Sometimes people I didn't really know very well, but who saw that I was struggling and was like, listen, girl, you need to just, you need to get your life. So, you know. Awesome. Well, it's always good to have a good friend. So thank you for sharing, Renee. You're welcome. Um, Bianca, we'll go to you next. 
Okay, so my list is um, everything isn't going to be perfect. So I was definitely, before I got pregnant or before I had the baby, I was very much like everything needs to go this way. Like, you know, we're going to having everything this way and it's in, or in order and everything has to go this, this way. And when I had her, like everything just like tumbled. Uh, it definitely wasn't my way anymore. It was what was best for me and what she wanted. And definitely as she got older, like now it's definitely what she wants to do. And like, I needed to be okay with that. Um, it's an emotional roller coaster is my number two. I definitely was not um, any type. I was not a like crier and sappy movies, you know, definitely pop a little attitude if I needed to. But like, this was like a whole different experience. Just being pregnant in itself is just like a toll on you. You know, you're always tired. And, you know, you're crying for no reason. Like, I remember uh, my boyfriend, like, you know, I really wanted ice cream and he just refused to go to the store. And I was like, no, like, I need ice cream now. And he's like, like, no, like, go get something out of the fridge. And like, I legit started crying because I wanted ice cream. And it's just things like that, that like, you know, set you off. And then it's hard to be emotional. And then your significant other not understand why, because they're like, you know, why are you crying over ice cream? But it's like, it's deeper than just, you know, me not getting ice cream, like, you know, I'm growing a human inside me and your hormones are changing. So it's definitely like understanding like that roller coaster that you're going through, um, carrying, you know, a child. And even after, like, I had a really hard time um, emotionally just after like getting back to my normal self. Um, and I feel like I still to this day, like I'm not the same person that I was before I had my baby. And then I also have friends that like, who haven't had children yet, and they haven't experienced, you know, having a kid on their own or just going through that change. So it was hard to like, you know, express my feelings towards them. And then they understand that as well. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know, I feel like it took me a while once I had my baby to kind of understand like, okay, this is normal. Like, don't stress, you know, everything is going to go back to normal, you're going to be okay. Um, I was definitely, I would say I was kind of depressed my first two months, but it was more just because um, it was me and the baby. I don't have family in the DFW area, so it was kind of just me on my own with, with the newborn. So that was definitely really hard um, to just adjust to um, emotionally. But, you know, everything, one thing I would say is, like, it does get better, um, you know, just one day at a time. That's definitely how I took it. You know, it's just like, you know, if you're staying up all night with the baby, like, it's Tomorrow, it might be better. It might not be better, but eventually it'll get better and kind of just push through that. Uh, number three on my list was just go with the flow and don't stress. Um, like I said, I definitely was very structured before I had my child. And once I had her, it was more just like, you know, um, I had a C-section. So it wasn't just, you know, oh, you know, go back to life and start walking and getting up and cleaning the house and it was not that it was more like, okay, like I can't move because I have a cut on my stomach and I can't even get up out of bed. So it was definitely like just taking it one step at a time, like, you know, getting myself to heal, not stressing that the house was getting dirty and I wasn't able to clean and understanding that, you know, at the time I just, it wasn't reasonable for me to get up and just, you know, do my duties as, as a girlfriend and as a mother, you know, um, so definitely, like, don't stress about it. I would say just, like, take it one day at a time. Even, like, you know, 
Uh, I also did uh, breastfeed and that was a, a really hard experience in itself. Just, you know, um, getting the baby to latch on. That was, you know, I had trouble doing that. And even when I did like want to breastfeed, you know, it was really hard to, it was painful. Like it was just painful. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just wanted to give up and just like, where's the formula? Just give me the formula. Like this isn't even worth it. And, you know, it's like understanding that, you know, even if you do, you know, want to strictly breastfeed, that it is okay to, you know, want to give her a bottle of formula one day out of the like one night. Um, and it's, it's okay. Like, you know, some people are, are able to breastfeed like exclusively and do it for a year, two years, three years. And, you know, some people just, it's not, it doesn't work for them. So, and that's okay. Don't stress. Like, it's okay. Like, that's definitely one thing like that I had in my mind, like, you know, you have to do it this way, but it's like, no, you don't have to do it this way. It's whatever works for your lifestyle, whatever works for you. And that's definitely something that you kind of just need to take into consideration. Number four was make friends with other mommies. Like I said, I just, my friends at the time, I was a recent uh, graduate, so I didn't have friends who were also pregnant with me. It was just kind of me on my own, and I didn't have anybody to reach out to other than my family. Um, so it, it wasn't the same, you know, being able to go out with my friends, because I would still go out, but, you know, I wasn't drinking, so, you know, we really didn't have uh, similarities. We didn't have conversations, like we weren't talking about, you know, oh, how's your, how's your experience going, you know, being pregnant, and it was just a, it was a hard time for me to kind of socialize while, you know, I'm like, I feel like a whale, and I'm out here at the bar drinking with my friend who, you know, just got married, and here I am, because I still wanted to socialize with my friends, but it's like we were at different stages in our lives, so that was kind of hard as well, so I definitely would have you know, try to join like mommy groups earlier in my pregnancy, um, just to get like other people's feedbacks on, you know, how are you feeling at this stage in your pregnancy? And you know, oh, like you're doing this, like I haven't even thought about that. So definitely, um, I would reach out and kind of just make those connections early, just so like when y'all do have your children, even like now, I still don't really have friends that have children. So I would love for her to have like play dates on the weekends, you know, because she's in that she's one years old. She's in that stage where she wants to interact and she loves people. She loves being around people, but um, I don't have friends, you know, to take her to other than daycare. And, you know, with this pandemic, it's been hard. So it's been, I've been her friend and it's been hard <laughs> to keep her entertained 24 seven. So yeah, it's, it's rough. And then my final one would be, um, don't be afraid to take help when help is offered or even ask for help. Um, like I said, I was very stubborn and hard-headed, um, when my friend would come over, my one friend, I referred to her as my friends, but I literally have one friend, when she would come over, like, I would be like, oh, no, it's okay, like, I got her, but then, like, as I learned, it's like, no, like, take the help when it is offered, like, you know, if someone asks you, like, you know, oh, you want to go eat or take a nap, like, yes, like, that's, like, it's okay, you can't do it all, you're not Wonder Woman, and, you know, like definitely you need someone to just help you out my mom has been a trooper um just visiting me all the time she lives in san antonio so she does do the five hour drive up here um sometimes to just kind of stay the weekend and let me relax and debrief and breathe and nap and sleep and and it's great it's really great so definitely um 
you know, if you have that hope and hopefully everyone has somebody they can call to, um, definitely take it and, and don't hesitate and don't feel bad for, for uh, you know, taking the help when it is offered. Um, thank you, Bianca. So one thing you mentioned was like mommy groups and like making like other like mom friends. So have you found ways to connect with other moms? I know like physically it's probably hard right now, but I guess like digitally or via social media. Yes. So I actually, one thing that I did like find out was there's a ton of mommy groups on Facebook and even like YouTube. Um, I remember I was talking to like a a cashier at a grocery store and you know we were she was pregnant and like we were going back and forth and she was like oh yeah like go on YouTube there's this YouTuber and she's pregnant and like she talks about her experiences so that was kind of her outlet you know she didn't have friends but like that was her her way of you know co uh, connecting with somebody who was also pregnant um, but I did join uh, a lot of mommy groups there's a ton of them on Facebook like if you just look like mommy group and like I was living in North Fort Worth at the time, so, and there was a ton of moms out there, and they would go meet up, and go to the park, and go walking, so obviously, I was not that social to where I was going to go out and meet them at the park, but, like, people would post, like, if they had problems with their infant, or they were going through, like, symptoms, and they didn't know if it was normal, they would, like, post on the Facebook group, and be like, hey, is anybody else, like, experiencing this, or going through this, and, uh, like, a ton of people would just reach out, and be like, you know, hey, this is normal, or, like, I would definitely reach out to your pediatrician, even like um, breast breastfeeding groups. There's a ton of them on Facebook as well. I did join a whole bunch of them because like I said, that was a really rough experience for me. And just, I ended up like losing my, my milk supply. So I was like, you know, is it something that I'm doing? Like, what do I need to do? Like, and you know, people were like, drink this tea and drink this milk and all this stuff. Like there's these different remedies that people have. So it was really cool to, you know, if you're not like, you don't want to socially go out and make friends, like definitely join groups just to get pe other people's advice and information to help you um, if that is something that you like. Awesome. Thank you for sharing, Bianca. All right. And last but not least, Shamara. So my list is very different. Um, starting off, I wish I would have known, like actually understood the foster to adopt process um, because when I first talked to my friend about it, she well she is the legal guardian of my daughter's oldest two siblings and so um when we first talked about it she was like oh all you have to do is have her for six months and then you'll be able to adopt they're already up for adoption blah 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 and it's been almost two years and we just finalized her adoption like last week so i really wish that i had dove further into that um however it's just amazing to look back and see how much god had to do with this entire situation um like i was i was licensed to foster within two months and the agency and any other agency around the area has never seen someone get licensed that quick and i still had a lot of other stipulations that we had to get over so that was amazing but i definitely wish that i had researched first um number two I wish that I had known that my kid will highlight all of my bad qualities. Um, it's crazy because she, even though she's like not biologically mine, she is me all over again. But when they say your kid is 10 times worse, it is not a lie. Like this girl, she's quick with the comebacks and the attitude is up here. But it's like I have to always check myself because a lot of the times when I see the qualities that I don't like in her, it's like, okay, well, where did she see that from? How, how is she noticing that? 
and I have to go back and do a lot of check-in and praying like, okay, God, fix me. Cause I want, I don't want to be the mom that says do as I say and not as I do. So that I wish I had known that first. Um, three, I wish I had known how important sleep schedules are and just routine in general, because she was on a sleep schedule. She was doing well. Then we moved back in with my parents and my mom's like, oh, it's Friday. Let her hang out with Gigi. And she don't want to sleep. Now she up until I go to sleep and she want to sleep with me. And at first she was sleeping in her bed all night. So just the, and I know with the quarantine now, it's a lot different because everybody's schedule is all up eat. But I really wish that I had kept her on at least some sort of sleeping schedule because now it is most difficult trying to get her back onto something while I'm in school and everybody else is at home. So she wants to be up kicking and thinking she misses something. Um, four, I wish I had known that all of my relationships would kind of change. Um, as far like even as far as dating, I can't date the same because I have a kid. So. I'm very intentional about the people that I spend time with and give my energy to because one, I want her to see the the type of people that I would eventually want her to end up with. Um, and just also like how to be treated and how to be loved. Um, and then relationships with my friends because at 25, well, I just turned 26, but at 25, 26, a lot of my friends aren't interested in being a single parent by choice and adopting a kid and having to do it on your own. Um, so it, it's been really different and being stuck in the kind of like comparison stage of, okay, well, I see some of my other friends are having kids, but they're getting baby showers and all of that. And I don't get that because we didn't go through the same process, but that doesn't make her any less my kid. So it's just been a lot of, um, self-reflection and learning. Like, it's not about me. It's not about your process. It has, you have to give God the glory and all of that and not worry about what everybody else is doing. Um, and then the last one, I wish I had known that I could love somebody so much. Like, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and I love them like they're mine, but having your own kid is so, it's totally different. And it's like, there's literally nothing that I wouldn't do in order to make sure that she's safe and that she knows that she's loved. So it's crazy to me sometimes. I didn't know I can love somebody like that, y'all. So that and then also just like even though I love her so much like there are other people who love her as much as I do maybe not as much but a lot and I have to allow them to help me I, I don't have to do it on my own so that was my last one. Oh my gosh Shamar that was like a perfect segue to our kind of like wrap up question here um so I think that this is just the world 2020 21st century it's a very interesting time to raise kids and it's probably like a lot different than when you all were raised um particularly I think it's interesting an interesting time to raise children of color and so I'm wondering one how you cope with um and overcome like the hesitation of like letting your children grow up so kind of like when they get to that age of like oh I want to hang out with my friends without you present or even Shamara as you mentioned um, oh, like letting my kid go to, you know, their aunt's house without me being present, kind of like how you cope with releasing them a little bit, but also how you're coping with um, teaching them or knowing that you will have to teach them at some point about racism and prejudices in the world. So I know that's a loaded question. Um, so feel free to take some time to simmer on it and anyone can jump in at any point with any aspect of that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in um, just because my, my kids are a little bit older. And so we 
have been very intentional about having these conversations and not just now in this season, but more so just, just as a believer, as a Christian, I determined, I mean, years ago that there were just certain topics and certain experiences in their life that I wanted to speak into and educate them on before they were informed by the worldview or by their friends, um, which a lot of times is very, very skewed. And so there'll be times when my son will come home and he'll tell me about something that a friend told him at school. Um, um, and I'll say, okay, well, first let's let's check our facts and then let's have a conversation about it. What questions do you have about it? Um, because I want them to know they can come to me. Whatever's going on, no matter what's going on, when things are happening in the world, I make sure that we sit down, hey, okay, this is what's happening. What questions do you have? I mean, it's been a year, not just for humanity in general, but for our children, like they are living in this time, they're seeing it. And for my son who loves basketball and is going to high school next year, it started with Kobe Bryant. I'm like, okay, so in one year, you know, the, the Kobe is their Jordan, like Kobe passed. And then we have this pandemic and then, you know, they're in this shelter and home. And now, you know, he is a black kid and he, he has a phone and so they're texting about Black Lives Matters and the riots and all of this. And so we talk about it. And, 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 and I also <laughs> occasionally, since we're home in school, I'll make him write papers about it. So like the other day I was like, I need you to write like a one, just a one page paper about how you feel about what's happening in the world right now with George Floyd and these, these riots. And so there were some things on there that I'm like, Hey, okay, I just want to talk about this because you know, I don't want you to have any kind of worldview that is centered on hate. Um, and I don't want you to have any kind of worldview that is centered on fear. Like, look, we have overwhelming confidence because we know that God is working all things out. And yes, there are going to be some injustices that you may have to live through and experience. Experience. There's some things that you need to do. I'm teaching my son what to do if he gets pulled over. We have lots of questions about authority. My son is a high hit. I'm like, I, I'm no, you're crazy. So let's have a conversation about this right now because um, I need you to know what to do in the event that something unfavorable should happen. So I just, I think as mothers, as parents, we have to make sure we're ahead of the curve and having conversations um, about sex, about racism, about just death, about terrorism, all these kind of things because the kids are having them at school and we don't want them to already have opinions before we have a chance to shape their world. I would um, echo a lot of that because I think our kids are like the same, close to the same age. Um, so Dylan just finished uh, his freshman year of high school, which was cut short because of COVID or whatever. And then my daughter just started middle school. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the things that I think that uh, I didn't expect from myself, though, that I don't know, kind of surprised even even me is that. I have enjoyed every phase. Well, I, I'm lying. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> when, when they were little, it was difficult. But like now that they're like older, it's so fun to watch them become the people that they're becoming, right? And to be able to play a part in that. And so for me, I don't, I don't grieve the stages that they're in. Because I know there's some moms who are like, oh, I don't ever want them to grow up. And and I'm like, no, I want you to be people. Like, you guys are so much fun. You know, I've enjoyed, I got one right here trying to do a TikTok dance. Girl, move. It can't be. <laughs> um, but no, so 
you know, just the, the letting go for me was, it's not, it hasn't been hard. It's been, I, I look forward to everything. So like with our son, he's like the test baby, right? You know, so like every new thing for him is like, oh, we got something new. Yay, high school. Like I was so hyped for high school. I was like, oh, we're going to like the dances and we're going to yes. go to the, the game. And he's like, I'm not having, Ephraim, all that. Yeah. He's like, I'm not having any of that. I'm not going to that. I'm like, what? I, I want to make a mom. Like, come on, help me out here. And he's like, I'm not doing any of that. So my dreams are crushed, you know, but I also have to realize that his dreams aren't my dreams. Right. And so I have to support whatever that is. So I think for me, letting go, it has been like, I look forward to it. I'm excited about it. You know, I'm also excited about in some ways, it's, it's going to sound weird, like getting my life back or whatever. Like, I'll be young enough to still, you know, have time to do stuff with my husband and still feel like I'm, like, awesome and sexy and all the things, you know, like, I won't be old, you know, like, don't be bringing no grandkids here when I'm, like, 55, right? Um, <laughs> I'm 43. So, um, you know, I still feel like we got some time for that. But um, so, yeah, I, so I look forward to that. My, my thing is I look forward to the next phase and to like whatever's coming next. Those are exciting to me um, because I get to see who they are going to be, you know, and I've always wanted to know like what kind of people are they going to be? And so, and they're very different from my husband and I. They have some of our same, you know, qualities and whatever, but they're very different, you know, and the way that they're growing up is very different from how we grew up. Right. My parents and my family. Yeah. I mean, the world is different. Right. And so we have very candid conversations about um, lots of things on the way to work this morning. I had the conversation with my daughter about, you know, what, okay, tell me what you know about what's going on and how you're feeling because she'll bring up things very subtly and she'll be like, I don't like the, I don't like the looting. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Can we talk about that? So she made that comment the other day. And so today, I, I open that dialogue, you know, but I'm very blunt with my kids. I'm like, we're going to talk about a penis and a vagina today. And they're like, oh, we're not doing it, mom. And I'm like, yeah, we are. We're going to do it. We're going to do it because we're right. going to talk about that, you know. And so I don't know. It's it's kind of funny, but I it's almost like we're friends. But, you know, they still know that I'm their mom. And, you know, but we like having conversations with our kids. Like we, we enjoy them. We like being with them and we generally like them as people. And so I think they like us too, which has been really awful during this pandemic because they won't leave us alone. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, get away from me. But so that's kind of how we tackle that. Oh, that's good. And yeah, like for my new moms, like there is beauty in every single stage. Like if yes. you're not careful, there is so much to worry about and so much to fear. But if you would just look for the beauty in every single stage of motherhood, I promise you it would make it worth it. Um, and and then just kind of like as she mentioned, like, I don't, I don't know. I was raised by parents who were very do as I say, and I always knew what to do, but I didn't know the why behind it. Yes. So when I got on my own, like, I just had all these weird boundaries, but I didn't understand why I had them. Um, and so I just think the best thing we can do is raise informed, kind um, kids who are just full of love just inform kids they can change the world well my kid is three weeks old so we're not (laughs) yet but it it is so sad like I was watching the news with the with all the protests and I just started crying watching it while I had him because I'm like I don't want you to grow up I mean like it's hard like this isn't I'm Hispanic which is you know it's still like even picking his name I had to pick like talk about racism like oh I don't want my kid to have a name that's too Hispanic which was sad but it was true like his name's Ivan but I wanted it to be Ivan and Ivan so he could still have the Hispanic you can say it in Spanish and English 
But like, it's sad that I have to think about that. Like, I don't want my kid to be automatically assumed that he's Mexican. So it's just sad that we have to think about stuff like that. I don't want his resume to say a really Hispanic name and then they automatically assume that he's not gonna get picked for that job because his name is too Hispanic. So it's sad that we even have to think about that. But like now, as a teacher, I want him, like as a teacher, I see my students and I, I want him to always know and hang around people of color so that he's exposed to that and doesn't ever, I don't know, it's just hard to explain. But I'm already planning on what books I'm gonna read to him and I'm already pulling stuff to help him understand why it is that we're different even though I hope I don't have to explain it for much longer. I would hope that this would all change by the time that he's a little older, but we never know. I mean, I don't see it changing so fast, sadly. Yeah, I think one of my biggest fears with her is the, not even just like racism in general, but just like the colorism as far as, well, are you so light and your mom's so dark and having to deal with those type of questions and then the fact that then, well, she's adopted. And then if I have other kids, then there, well, why do you guys look so different if you're take on this has kind of been just um Sean is a police officer so we've seen that side of things and then we she's also a mix so she's black and I'm Hispanic so um it's been hard for us but we have really good discussions about like everything that's going on like you know I've had to deal with racism within my own family and it's been tough but it's you know, I know where I stand and I have to stand up for my family now because it's not just me. It's now me, my kid, and hopefully my soon-to-be future husband. <laughs> so um, it's definitely, I just want to, I just want everyone to raise their children, you know, like us, obviously, me and Rosa are fairly new moms, just to raise our kids with love. And just like, like Randy said, to inform them, you know, of what's going on and not allow them to go into these public schools and have no idea of what's going on because then they hear everything going on and they, they don't know and they, they believe what they hear. And it's like, we need to have those conversations at home before we're sending them out into the world. And just so they have that information and they are educated. Um, but yeah, my take is just been just, I just, I have so much hope for the future. So, so much hope for the future. Um, but yeah, just love one another, guys. Just love one another right now. It's like, it's so important right now to just, you know, lend a hand if you can and just support. Thank you, Bianca. I think that is a really great point to wrap up on. Um, I think that we all know that love is an action word. And I think that when you put action to the word, that's when things really start to change. Um, so without any additional time, I would definitely like to extend my sincere gratitude to each of you for taking time out of your evening to spend with me on the show today and to uh, just give the listeners a look into your motherhood experience to be candid and transparent about some of your challenges, but also encouraging 
and some of the things to look forward to. So I appreciate each of you for being on the call today. Thanks for tuning in while the conversation was flowing. Follow A.Gabrielle Exclusives on Instagram and the conversation can keep going. I post once a week. Make sure you subscribe so you can stay up and catch this weekly vibe.